The Father tells us to live by faith and not by sight, and I don't know about you, but I find that difficult. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul says, we live by faith, not by sight. Maybe God has prophetically told you something about your life that's going to happen, but your circumstances right now call God a liar. Have you been here? Well, what are you to do in these seasons? It can be hard to live by faith and not by sight at any time in your Christian walk, but it can be especially difficult when your mind is in the process of being renewed to the mind of Christ or when you're early on in your walk with Christ. Welcome back to my channel, Elizabeth Lewis here, and today we are talking about how to live by faith and not by sight. What does it mean to live by faith and not sight? And no, Paul is not encouraging us to walk around with our eyes closed or even be foolish in our strategic approach to life. However, Paul is telling us that it's absolutely ridiculous and foolish for believers to pattern or mimic their lives around the material world or what the world says to think, do, and believe. To base life on what you can physically see is stupid. That is what Paul is saying. It's stupid. Don't do it. The world is temporary and heaven is eternal. When you are called to live in Christ, you are transformed into a new creation. Living by faith and not by sight is where you evaluate everything in the lens of eternity and not the world. It's having heavenly colored glasses on at all times and operating in the mind of Christ. Now to do this, you must have faith. A huge element of walking by faith is believing and trusting that God is who he says he is. If you struggle to do that, it may not be a faith issue, but a trust issue. Do you believe that God will do what his word says he will do in your life? If not, then I'm going to encourage you to get into prayer and openly talk to God about this. Ask him to change your heart, give you a revelation, and then you work on doing your part of the faith agreement, which is exactly what I'm talking about right now on my podcast, The Liz Show. I'm going to put that link down below, but make sure you go check it out. When you believe God will fulfill his promises, even though you don't see those promises materializing right now, that demonstrates true faith. As a mental health practitioner and an executive coach for the last seven years, one thing I know about humanity is we have tremendous faith in Satan's kingdom and not God's. Fear and anxiety are having faith in the devil. So if you can do that really well, it's not hard to copy and paste the same components, but into the kingdom of God. The bottom line is God has promised eternal life, blessings, and rewards. Faith believes these realities are as real as the elements of the world that can be seen, as real as those anxieties you have or those worries. I want to share with you five tips to help you live by faith and not by sight. Number one, keep your eyes on God, not your circumstances at all times. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22-23, Jesus walks on water. If you're familiar with these verses, then you know, so does Peter. In verse 14-29, Jesus says, Come to Peter, who asked him, If it's you, Lord, tell me to come, and I will come. Scripture reads, Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! I want to ask you two questions about these verses. How did Peter walk on water? 
It was because he was obedient to God. Jesus told him to come and Peter was obedient. Peter was asked only to do what Jesus was doing. Peter wanted to share in Jesus's power. It's through faith and trust in Christ that Peter did it. He kept his eyes on Jesus and what Jesus said is true, not what the world says. He was focusing on heavenly things and thinking with a heavenly perspective. Now, why did Peter sink? Because he shifted his focus onto his circumstances and off of Jesus. He went back to worldly thinking when he realized what he was doing when that wind came. You have to focus on Jesus and the Father's power and love for you, not on what's happening around you. You see, the devil loves to annoy us through our five senses. Don't take the bait. If you are in a storm right now, then understand you're in a training zone to focus on Jesus and not on the circumstances. Marvel at what Jesus will do and the growth that's gonna come as a result of this storm. Practice keeping your eyes on Jesus and trusting him. It's gonna take practice. Sit back and relax and trust that God's got you and that provision and promises are going to come. You have to practice focusing on God and not on the circumstances. We are trained to focus on circumstances as worldly people, but as believers, we focus on God. Number two, to walk by faith, you have to renew your mind, as Romans 12, 2 states, to think about heavenly things. Train your mind to think and see heavenly things. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, Colossians 3, 2. Focus on the internal things, not godly things. Strive to put heaven's priorities into daily practice in your life. I find it funny how we strive to do more to gain worldly things, but not to think like Christ. As a business owner, I sometimes will run myself into exhaustion because I get caught up in the world's way of running a business. But we are to be still and know that He is God and strive to make the priorities of heaven our priorities, not the busyness of the world or the materialism of the world. You have to understand that thought influences our actions. If you place your thoughts above heavenly things and not on the earthly things, your actions will please God more. Maybe you're asking, oh, what things am I supposed to think on, Elizabeth? Well, Paul tells us what to think on in Philippians 4.8. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Understand if your thoughts do not fall into one of those buckets, you are to tell those thoughts to go in the name of Jesus. Use your authority that Jesus gave you. Paul tells us in Colossians 3.12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Hmm. Notice how he doesn't say to stress, to worry, to be impulsive, impatient, or quick-tempered. He doesn't encourage you to do any of the things that the world is constantly doing. No, we are being told to work on allowing the Holy Spirit to make us more like Christ. You can accelerate that process by working with God and not against him. And you do this by learning the mind of Christ, reading your Bible, getting to know God in that relationship, and then operating in what you're learning and trusting him. You were chosen by God. You did not choose to follow God. God chose you. Rejoice in that. Every day, be thankful for that. You were chosen for a specific purpose or destiny. 
And that's where you need to start talking to God about what is it? Ask for a revelation. He really wants to share it with you. Things are not always going to look like God has your back, but you are going to have to believe through faith that he does and he's working behind the scenes even when you don't think he is. We don't have blind faith as believers. We know that Jesus was real and we have a book of promises called the Bible that is additional proof for us. If you want to learn more about growing your faith, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to my podcast to learn about those eight elements of faith that you are responsible for growing. And here's the thing, God's going to help you do it. The bottom line is that by setting your heart and mind above, your life on earth would be pleasing to God and would help accomplish Christ's work. It's not about what you are doing. It's about God. It's about what God is doing through you and you being obedient to him by coming into agreement and doing what he asks you to do. Number three, activate the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Do you believe you have the mind of Christ? Do you believe you have the mind of Christ like God is telling us in that verse? If so, that's an example of your faith. That works. Awesome job. Remember, as a believer, you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit is inside of you. The spirit can discern all things. Plus, God and Jesus are always with you, too. So you got an awesome, like, entourage with you at all times. Tap into it. You as a believer understand fully, just like Christ, the significance of the cross and what it means for mankind's salvation. Through the Holy Spirit, God's going to help you make sense of the things in the Spirit. He's going to help you. You're not alone. Through the Spirit, God will give you insight into some of His plans, thoughts, and actions for you and your life. You have access to the mind of Christ. The question is, are you going to access it? You access it by talking to God, learning to think like Christ. Meaning, if Jesus didn't think it, why are you thinking it? I mean, come on. Do you think you know better or are wiser than God? When you talk to God, I want you to expect answers because he wants to give them to you. Here's the thing. To walk by faith means to have the same attitude Christ would have about the situation. Let's put that in perspective. Maybe right now you're going through a health issue. Well, God says you were healed by his stripes in 1 Peter 2.24. He also says to live is Christ and to die is gain. Maybe you're feeling unworthy, yet you are an heir of Christ and a child of God. You are insanely worthy. Maybe you're worried about your future. Hmm. Well, Jeremiah 29.11 says that God has really good plans for you, plans to give you hope and a future. Maybe you're worried about your finances. Well, Philippians 4.19 says, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're worried that you can't do it or you aren't skilled enough. But yet Philippians 4.13 says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have to learn how to think like Christ thinks. Having the mind of Christ is walking in the truth of what God says about the matter, not what the world says or what the devil says. Stop listening to them. The big question is, who are you going to believe? Because that's where your free will is going to get played. Number four, do not focus on what other people are doing, but on your relationship with Christ and what he's doing in your heart and mind. 
When you focus on your lack, on what others have that you don't, you are inviting the spirit of jealousy and envy to work in your life. And let me tell you, that is a very dangerous spirit to play with. And it's gonna inhibit you from reaching your full potential. So please don't fall into the trap. As an executive coach with a kingdom mindset, a kingdom view, I promise you that there are three spirits that's gonna limit you from reaching your full potential in God's kingdom. Spirit of rejection, bitterness, which is a legion spirit, and jealousy and envy will cause you to take your bandwidth and put it elsewhere versus in your life. 1 Corinthians 2.16, the verse about having the mind of Christ, tells us that believers subject themselves to no one else's scrutiny. Did you hear me? No one else's. What this means is non-believers have no authority by which to judge what Christians believe, think, or do. The only way they get that authority to judge you is when you give it to them. So here's a suggestion. Stop giving it to them. You're free. Walk in that freedom and actively grow your knowledge in God by reading his word and putting your faith to work. The reason non-believers cannot judge you, especially on spiritual matters, is because they do not have the spirit inside of them. They're blind. They're spiritually blind. Number five, being assured in your faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith is to believe that we do not see, and the reward of this faith is to see what we believe. By the way, many of you are doing that, but in the wrong kingdom. Let me explain. You're living by fear is to believe what we do not see and want to see. The reward of this fear is to see what we believe. You're going around acting like you're going to be poor. You're going to be, you know, sick. You're going to only have worries. You're believing that whatever God says, you aren't. You're trusting the devil more. Understand you are believing things that directly contradict God. Like seriously, let that sink in. And look, I'm guilty of this too. I'm growing as well. You're believing the opposite of what God says is true. So if you can believe the opposite of God, well then imagine what would happen if you put that same habit, that same motivation into believing what God says is true. And it's the devil that's the liar. Yet you've been calling God a liar anyways. If you are good at calling God a liar, just imagine how great you'll be at calling the true liar, the devil, the liar. Real warriors for Christ maintain their faith in God despite what they see. Can you trust God with your life? Are you willing to put down your desires to live for his? Trust what he says and not the devil? If so, it's time to put that faith into action. In the comments, please share with me what you found helpful in this video. You never know how sharing your thoughts can encourage and empower another sibling in Christ. Let's advance God's kingdom together and become warriors for Christ.